Yes. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to Up in Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of FlagandBanner.com. Through storytelling and conversational interviews, this weekly biography show and podcast offers listeners an insider's view into the commonalities of successful people and the ups and downs of risk-taking. Connect with Carrie through her candid, funny, informative, and always encouraging weekly blog. And now it's time for Carrie McCoy to get all up in your business. Thank you, Sun Gray. My guest today is Miss Denise Albert. I call her a doer. And after just hearing what she did this week... She is definitely a doer. She was on TV, mm-hmm. on Arkansas Style, she mm-hmm. just told me this week. She had a ribbon-cutting ceremony this week, and she sold her house this week. She holds a bachelor's degree in dietetics, a master's in public health, is a wife, mother of two, serial volunteer, and most recently owner and founder of Cooking in Bloom in Little Rock, Arkansas. Denise is filling the shoes of many forgotten grandmothers through the mission of her business. Cooking in Bloom teaches students from pre-K to 12th grade how to cook, an honorable and important mission. Her hands-on classes connect kids to the sights, smells, touches, and taste of food. Denise says, taking care of our bodies and our environment are life skills that are missing from most school curriculums. And she adds, it is important for children to understand that balancing meals to make them more nutritious and taking care of the immediate environment can have a great impact on their future, the future of their community, and the world. In addition to turning on four of the five senses to the joy of cooking, she teaches her students about sustainability life choices and the whys of taking care of our environment and how it directly affects the plants we eat and therefore our overall health and well-being. Her mission of advocating for nutrition and educating on how it impacts our life from the cradle to the coffin is close to my heart. It is with great pleasure I welcome to the table the doer, founder, and head cook and bottle washer of Cooking in Bloom, Miss Denise Albert. Hey, friend. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) After reading about you and all you do, it's obvious to me you're not in this for the money. This is your passion. Yeah. It's a lot of work. Yeah, I mean, the money's good, you know, is hopefully. It? Well, sure. <laughs> hopefully one day, you know. Yeah. I'm also thinking about, you know, the money end. But but by the hour, you put in a lot of hours and a I lot do. of time. I have been looking at all you do all the time, and I thought, well, th- I hope she's not getting paid by the hour. <laughs> Uh, before well, we, that would be nice. Before we, monetize all that would be yeah, great. Right. That's okay. Before we get into the nuts and bolts of your business and your students, let's talk about your background and why you're qualified to teach nutrition and how you came to live in Little Rock, Arkansas. You have a bachelor's degree in dietetics. Yeah. Am I saying it right? You are. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Describe a dietitian's degree. Yeah, so um, it's four years and then a, a two-year internship. You know, and if you want to specialize, it can go longer. But um, you have to sit and do your internship in order to sit for the registration exam. So it's no it's small a, potatoes. It, no, I never would have thought that. And it's a very scientific that. degree. So, you know, it. Um, I enjoyed science for sure and the science part of nutrition. I didn't realize bachelor's degree had an internship. Yeah, yeah, for dietetics. Do all bachelor's degree, do any other bachelor's degree have an internship? I can't mm, think of sort any. of kind of. It depends. It, well, I think you're thinking uh, like field experience for c- completion of the degree. Yeah. And so, yeah. yes, some of them do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For for dietetics, you have to have an internship in order to sit for the exam. Mm-hmm. I love that. All yeah. right. Let's talk about yeah. masters in public health. Why did you decide to continue your education and go on? Well, um, you know, I worked at the University of Iowa Hospitals and Clinics. That was one of my first jobs, and um, it just. I was, I was one of those, and I still am. I was always setting goals for myself and trying to attain that next thing. And it was just time for me to get my master's. And I'm just really glad that I did. And there I was at the University of Iowa. It's a great university. That's where I'm from. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Cedar Springs. And, I know. And uh, I just decided to go for it. So. You worked 15 years total, I think, as a clinical dietitian in hospital settings. Your first job was in Kansas City, Missouri. Tell us about that. Oh, that was a wonderful experience. Um, it was, you know, moving away from home, doing something completely on my own. And it was scary and it was exhilarating all at the same time. 
but I learned so much, you know, of mm-hmm. course that being my first job um, mm-hmm. out of university. And, you know, I got to see children, you know, and their and their moms that were trying to do the best thing that they could for their kiddos by and, and you providing, got, you know, them with the WIC vouchers, which I don't know if people know this, and I'm, I mean, obviously I'm very passionate about it, but for every dollar, and this was way back when, okay, I don't know what the statistics are now, but for every dollar that our our taxes go to the WIC benefit program, more than $5 are saved in health care costs because with the program, uh, women and children get a prescriptive food package that only targets certain nutrients. So in it helping to ensure that they get the right kinds of nutrition helps their overall health for the long term. So when you pe- see people, you, is this food stamps? Is that what the WIC program is? Well, um, now it's called SNAP, but it's still, All the same thing? No, um, it's, it's, it's different in that they do get uh, food... I'm not sure if they're vouchers or what they call them. We used to call them vouchers when I worked there before. Um, but they are—they can only get certain foods. They can't just buy anything. So when you hear people complaining about food stamps and people are going to buy Cheetos and sodas with it, they're not. I mean, I with food stamps, I don't, I don't believe so. But I know with the WIC or SNAP program, they cannot buy those things. Absolutely not. So for every one dot one dollar in taxes we pay, five dollars is saved. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And you know, and that was in you know Kansas City mm-hmm. about 15 years ago. So I'm sure that it's changed, and it's probably a lot better now. Well, I don't know about that. Well, we but hope. anyway, <laughs> we hope it's better. <laughs> All right, your next job, you worked in Iowa, and then you, this one really also opened your eyes. And tell us about that program that you started in Iowa, the nutrition education program. Yeah, yeah. So um, I started out as a clinical dietitian, and I did um, inpatient stuff. So you know working with um, people with different, you know, terminal illnesses, helping them increase their nutrition status or making sure that they didn't get malnourished in the hospital was my main job. And then um, after Greg and I got married, I decided that I wanted to make a change because, you know, again, that's how my mind thinks. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to grow and mature and do something different. And, uh, you know, this is kind of, you know, getting a little boring for me. So um, I had worked for our cardiac rehab Uh, every now and again, she would page me and say, I've got this patient that I would love for you to see, one-on-one, outpatient kind of stuff. And she just offered me a job to actually come into the uh, rehab department and actually be their one and only dietitian. So I'm like, sure, I'm up for the challenge, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And so with that, I realized that that she needed a more well-balanced nutrition program. And I'm all about, like, you know, being uh, multisensory with education because that's how my mind thinks, you know. And studies show that if you can hear, taste, smell, and also see what you're learning, the more apt you are to remember it for long term. So I decided to start a nutrition program within our cardiac rehab uh, exercise program at the University of Iowa that did all those things. So my boss, of course, you know, to show her all this, these research articles and, you know, look what I found here. Can I do this? Yes, absolutely. Hands down. So she was such a huge advocate of me. Um, So she bought me everything I needed to have in order to start this little cooking program for cardiac rehab patients, patients who have had, um, you know, heart attacks, uh, you know, vascular surgeries, you know, all those kind of things. Heart disease. Yeah, heart disease. And that was my most well-attended class, as you can imagine. Um, But it was really easy for me somehow, some way. It was just I would just dream up these recipes that, you know, were very nutritionally balanced and something that I knew that uh, people would enjoy. And I just did it, you know. And the room would smell delicious, and my my boss was just absolutely thrilled. And, of course, she loved everything that I did. So I feel like, you know, not only my um, the work that I did for WIC, you know, mm-hmm. and I did work with children and um, their moms, you know, at mm-hmm. the time, women in need, to you know, fast forward what I did, not only clinically for the University of Iowa, but then in the cardiac rehab program, really has 
rolled itself into such a nice package for what I'm doing now with Cooking in Bloom. Yeah. It was, it's almost it's like, like... destiny. Yeah, exactly. I agree with you. Just, um, it was like it was meant to be. And so you ended up in Little Rock because your husband got a job down here. But you had already married, had children, and was a stay-at-home mom, weren't you? I was, yeah. And to be totally honest, you know, when um, Greg and I got married... I never in my wildest dreams thought that I would be a stay-at-home mom, even knowing, you know, because people are like, oh, you knew what your husband did, you know, you knew that you weren't going to have a life, you know. Well, your hus- uh, tell your listeners what your husband does. Yes, he's the um, chief of neurosurgery at the Children's Hospital. Yes, mm-hmm. ma'am, mm-hmm. he is. But you know what? I didn't realize how my life was going to change really until we had children. Mm-hmm. You know, and nobody can really talk you into understanding the perspective that you have once you have a child. It completely, for me, changed three, 360. There's two things you cannot describe to anybody. What it feels like for your parents to die and what it feels like to have a child. Those are indescribable. That's the only two things I can think of. Mm-hmm. So after Cameron was born, my son, who's now 15, uh, I was like, oh, well, wait a minute. I don't want him to go to daycare. I don't want somebody else. Wait a minute. <laughs> what is my role here? Mm-hmm. You know, like, do I do I hand my child over to, you know, this person that, I mean, yes, I vetted this person and I trust this person to take care of my child, but then what? It, what's my role? You know, mm-hmm. I had this weird crisis. You know, I became in kind of a crisis mode of, of my, my mind. Like, what is my role here? Mm-hmm. You know, and um, the, f- the first time I had to stay at home was when we moved to Canada so that Greg could do his fellowship, you know. So I quit my job mm-hmm. and my boss was devastated, you oh, know, yeah. absolutely devastated. I, d- I tried, I tried to, to, to quit like two weeks before we moved to Toronto, Canada so that I could get our things in order and affairs in order. And she begged me, please, please, I can't have you gone for two weeks. So I ended up working, you know, right up until we left <laughs> with a small baby. Did I call her a doer? Mm-hmm. I think <laughs> okay. I did. I think, did. <laughs> so, I think I so anyway, it. So anyway, we get to Toronto. It's the first time, you know, really as a stay-at-home mom. And, oh, my gosh, I just really... You know, again, my mind works in setting goals for myself. What's the next thing for me? What's the next thing for me? And all of a sudden, I'm in this house that we rent in Toronto, new place. You know, Toronto's awesome. Uh, We absolutely had the best time. With a two-year-old by myself all day long. Because your husband's a head of neurosurgery or whatever. at that time he was a fellow, and he was, like, never home. Mm -hmm. Doing surgery every day. But, you know, and and I have this two-year-old, and and then I realized, how do I become a mom in this moment? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know? Like, I just... It was, it was just a huge awakening and learning process for me. Um, and the lovely thing about uh, being in there, there in Toronto, was there was a lot of women that lived in this area that was about three miles outside of city proper that were in my same age bracket, had kids in our, my same age bracket, were educated, staying at home for a time. And so... You had a lot of good, good support group. Thank you, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I learned from them. How to do it. How to do it. Well, and you had, did you have your second baby in Toronto, in Canada? I did, and that was an accident. <laughs> well, aren't they all? I mean, does anyone Oops. ever plan a child? I don't know. Well, I think some people do. And the funny thing is, is again, you know, Greg being in uh, fellowship He had to have come there. home one time, oh, at right. least. <laughs> <laughs> well, and my neighbors, it was so funny, my neighbors called him my Snuffleupagus husband because oh, he was, he was sim- never home. They were like, you know, are you sure you came here with a husband? Uh, and then all awesome. of a sudden... You know, I'm hugely pregnant with Grace, uh-huh. my second. And they're like, it's Rosemary's like, baby. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yes, he's how real. Did all of this happen. Uh. <laughs> well, so anyway, we, now he, you've moved. He's taking another job. So he's going to, and it, and you hear about this job in Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. So Greg, my husband, does academic work. Um, so he, you know, it's it's a very uh, small not only skill set but then uh job search really because you know he 
does academics and he does research and he, you know, teaches and, you know, all those things. So I think when he was finished with his fellowship, there, there were like maybe four or five positions available that met his criteria in academics. And he interviewed all and, you know, he... He went on the, the, the Little Rock, Arkansas, or the you know, University of Arkansas interview because his mentor in Toronto knew uh, the gentleman that was the head of neurosurgery here. And so Greg did it on a favor. Because <laughs> we were, cause we're like, city Little people. Rock, Arkansas, Arkansas, no way. We, you know, we're like big city people. We yeah. were really wanting to move to a bigger city, maybe live downtown, you know, with our kids. And so, and so Little Rock, Arkansas, and Greg's like, honey, you know, I'll just fly over there. I'll do the, in, the you know, the interview. Um, you know, Dr. Drake will be thrilled, you know, that I do this. And he comes to Little Rock and the Children's Hospital, and he was so just absolutely blown away, you know. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the Children's Hospital is just a fabulous top-notch mm-hmm. facility. You know, they had everything in place for his research, his specialty is ap- is actually epilepsy. Um, children's epilepsy. Yep, children's epilepsy. So they had all of those things in place. And he's originally from Connecticut, and he really felt like the environment and, you know, the mm-hmm. beautiful trees and the terrain of Little Rock reminded him of home and just a really great place to bring his family. Where did you meet him? At the University of Iowa. When I was there. Does he talk? No. Guys that are that smart never talk. Mm-hmm. You met him. I know. Yeah. That's, yeah. We're all, that's, we're just I confirming. It's yeah. A, uh-huh. it's, it's a little bit embarrassing. <laughs> you know, because he's, he's a, he so quiet. He's definitely a silent type. He's very cerebral. Yeah. Well, that's good. What did, did you, were your parents cooks? What did your parents do? Um, so my mom was a secretary, a very blue collar. Um, my dad worked in a factory. No, yeah, really. Yeah. a manager of a factory. So, yeah. That's wonderful. All right, this is a great place to take a break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Miss Denise Albert, founder and instructor of Cooking in Bloom, a school that educates students from pre-K through 12th grade on how to cook. Still to come, the classes, the food, the kids, and how to register, the business of Cooking in Bloom, entrepreneurial startup talk, my favorite, and we'll find out her favorite recipes and cooking tips. We'll be right back. You're listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of FlagAndBanner.com. Over 40 years ago, with only $400, Carrie founded Arkansas Flag and Banner. During the last four decades, the business has grown and changed, along with Carrie's experience and leadership knowledge. In 2020, Carrie McCoy Enterprises acquired OurCornerMarket.com, an online company specializing in American-made plaques, signage, and memorials for over 20 years and more recently, opened a satellite office in Miami, Florida. Telling American-made stories, selling American-made flags. TheFlagAndBanner.com. Back to you, Carrie. You are listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy. I'm speaking today with Denise Albert, founder of Cooking in Bloom, a hands-on school that teaches youths how to cook and the importance of eating right. Before the break, we talked about how Denise is qualified to do what she does She's very qualified. Her husband's very qualified. We call her a doer if you're just tuning in, and I'll mm-hmm. tell you why. This week, she was on TV teaching people how to cook on a local talk show. She had ribbon cutting at her location, and she sold her house. I mean, that's a, she's doer. a doer. And she's a mother of two. One's a teenager. Ooh. All right. When did the idea of Cooking in Bloom come about? And by the way, yeah. great name, Cooking in Bloom. Yeah. Um, Talk about the first year. Um, Cameron's in school, and, you know, these schools didn't have uh, outdoor classrooms. You know, and they weren't teaching um, sustainability. They weren't teaching quality nutrition, you know, those kind of things. Um, So I really saw a, a place where I could fit in, you know, with my expertise and my background, the things that I did at the university. Um... You know, I just, I felt like, wow, you know, there's a need here that I felt very qualified to fill. So that was sort of my little blip, you know. My kids are still really young, and my mentality was I I never thought that I would be a stay-at-home mom, Mm -hmm. you know. And we moved here, and again, now we move here in a new place. 
and now it's my second year as a stay-at-home mom, <laughs> you know, and now I've got two kids <laughs> and one in pre-K, and I'm still having that crisis of what is my role? So fast forward, you know, a few years, I think um, Cameron was in the third grade. And, you know, I've always been uh, volunteering, you know, in our church and um, in the kids' school. And I realized, goodness, if I could work this hard volunteering and not getting paid, I could start my own business, mm-hmm. you know? Absolutely. <laughs> but... You know, a lot of that volunteerism, again, I feel like I am pulling from with my business, you know. So, so anyway, from, from those experiences and my knowledge of this need for this kind of education, sustainability, nutrition, you know, all the while using, you know, multiple senses and knowing what I know about that and just having that um, desire to educate is how I've finally started thinking about cooking what, what was the first thing you did went and got a business license at the city of little rock yep i did that's the first thing you have to do if anybody's wanting to start a business you have to go get it and what they were fifty dollars forever and then they went up to a hundred dollars what are they now you remember 150 yeah they're not much anybody for 150 dollars can start a business yeah mm-hmm. people think it's a lot harder but you just go out there you get your business license and you just start and once yeah. you buy that it's kind of like getting married it's a commitment and you do, you do seem to just, you're like okay i'm doing it it's yeah. real yeah yeah, real. That, mm-hmm. yeah it became real and then mm-hmm. i i was able to start putting pieces of the business together and what in my heart, I thought would be a good, you know, education platform for children from pre-K all the way to high school. Because, you know, um, when I worked at the University of Iowa, I worked in adult land. Mm-hmm. You know, I worked with adults. Um, but now that I had my own children, I felt like I was more of a professional with children. Well, and you've been in volunteering at church, and you've been volunteering at your children's school, so now you've just moved over to children. Right. So how long did you work on your curriculum before you actually opened your first class? Okay, so I feel like the curriculum has just always been with me. Mm. So it it almost wrote itself. So, so you lay in bed like and think about food, don't you? <laughs> I do. I lay in bed and think about cooking all the time. Oh, I don't yeah. look like it, but I do. <laughs> I, I think about cooking all the time, and I love cooking, and I love planning, and I love the colors of the fo- foods. You yeah. and I have talked about this before. Yeah. I'm a foodie, even though I don't look like it, like I just said. But, <laughs> but um, do you? So well, I do. You know, I, I, I'm thinking about all week what I'm going to cook, and my yeah. daughter does too. So do you do that? No, I mean, oh. I, I think with the curriculum, yeah. You know, I do think about well, how can I reach this these kiddos or how can I reach the kiddo that has a hard time sitting in their seat you know because I want to try to create something that kids can really get behind and really have fun with and and it's a and it's a lot of interaction you know I um in my class you know kids get to taste and they get to chop and they get to dice and they get to do all of these things you know but but I still sometimes have children who have a hard time just you know really focusing so I think those are the kind of things that that keep me up is how can I connect with that kind of kiddo. it's the teaching aspect that the you're that you're, aspect, that you're yeah. that you that you think about right because you know really the the cooking part it's the draw and believe you believe me I can cook yeah, and I have I and I have a very um I feel like sophisticated palate but it's really an, a, a, a means to get the kids engaged, mm-hmm. and it's that multi-sensory exposure and experience that I'm hoping that will lead to those children to remember what I taught them about sustainability and nutrition and so everything else. I want them to remember because we've got all of our senses going, and 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 I hope that they're enjoying However themselves. However they learn, you're going to hit one of those buttons. Mm-hmm. Th- I, we're going to hit one of those buttons. And when they go to college, they're going to be like, oh, wow, um, that food in my refrigerator looks bad because I remember what Miss Denise told me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I need to throw that out because that's not safe. Mm-hmm. You know, Do people or, really eat terrible food? Well, if they're not privy to really what you know what it looks like or or what you know yeah yeah 
your curriculum was easy. How did you get started on the first day? How did you find a place to do it? What did you do the very first day? How did you find some students? It seems like that'd be really hard to figure out to tell anybody about what you're doing. Well, see, I thought that would be the easy thing <laughs> to find students. But you are right. No, it wasn't an easy thing. So, um, customers are always the hardest thing to find. <laughs> yeah, right. If customers were easy to find, we'd all be rich. Yeah. <laughs> so the Anthony School, where my kids were at, um, is where I piloted Cooking oh. in Bloom, um, and I did a summer camp style program, and I decided to do for a three week camp, but you know, you know, one week break and then a next week another week and then another week because you know kids are at the anthony school all summer long because parents need that care so i thought oh perfect i'll plug in Mm -hmm. you know i'll have uh, the perfect avenue for kids to sign up well i had to cancel the first two weeks because i didn't i had all but one child sign up but i had six children sign up for the third week Mm, slow start (laughs) so that third week is really how I piloted the program Um, it went wonderfully you know it went so great and the kids were engaged and they loved the food and they had so much fun and and we got out into the the Anthony school garden and they got to you know taste something from the garden and pick and what happened when school was back in were you able to still do it in that place Nope. Uh, I tried. Believe you me, I tried. But um, they just they just couldn't bend their minds around how that would uh, plug into the curriculum yeah. quite yet. Um, and then I and then for me, it was really difficult for some of the after school enrichment because of my children at home. Were they not old enough to participate yet? They were, but. Um, of course, I didn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> so summer's over. You're being kicked out of your space. Now what so, are you, you going to do? So I got in touch with a gal, Mandy Shoptaw, who helped me with my media platform. So she helped me with my website and, um, you know, setting up a blog and, you know, all sorts of stuff. And, and, you know, and all this is new to me, so I'm, you know, doing the best I can to learn all of these things sort of on the fly because mm-hmm. I'm not super good with social media or anything mm-hmm. like that. So that really made me feel like, okay, I'm going in a, a good direction. Mm-hmm. So then it was, you know, putting on that hat of, you know, Denise, the, you know, the donations, the garnering donations, uh, you know, professional, because I started just cold calling Little Rock School District. This private school, that private school. Did you get a bite? Saleswoman born. I did. I got I got a few bites. Some some bites that I'd been you know working on forever. I still haven't received, but you know, but that's okay. But um, Pulaski Academy picked me up, which was lovely. So they were really instrumental in helping me just really hone my skills with the kids because my classes were packed. Great. With a wait list. Great. Mm Hmm. Uh, how many hours a day were you teaching? Two hours a day. This was after school enrichment. And then in the summer, and I was doing all this by myself. I didn't have an assistant, mm-hmm. no nothing. Um, I was doing summer camps. So every day for four hours, I would do a four-hour summer camp. Children, youth in the morning and teenagers in the afternoon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how do people enroll right now if they want to get involved? Uh, my website, cookingandbloom.com. Um, there's a pick list, or if you scroll down, it's... It's a, a big button that says summer camps. There you go. The, are you full? Have you got room for more people? I do have some more room, yes. Uh, the pandemic made you get creative. They shut down people. They've shut down all the schools. What did you do then? I decided to do some online things. And so I pre-recorded with my friend Mandy Shoptaw, pre-recorded some uh, cooking classes and the curriculum. And it was kind of fun because I'd walk around my house and we'd go outside in my backyard uh, garden and we'd pick something together and, you know, come back and kind of cook it. Love that. <laughs> so cute. She's um, living your dream, Greg. I know. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Forest Park was actually one of those schools that picked me up as after-school enrichment. And they decided to continue with me. So I was to Zoom uh-huh. live cooking classes with these children uh first through third grade 
So their parents had to be involved. I was say, yeah. Are they cooking on the other end? The cooking on the other Whoa. end. And I'm telling you, it was such a phenomenal experience because I could see all of them in their, um, in their, their home kitchens. Um, Do you feel like there was this, like, new element of reaching the parents, too? Yeah. That was really positive, I assume? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, re- I remember vividly we made, and I can't believe it, it turned out so fabulous, but we made my Italian street pizza with no cheese. Yeah, you get a child to eat pizza without cheese. <laughs> I did. And, and it's because I educated them about if you go to Italy and you purchase pizza maybe, you know, on the street corner or on the street, sometimes it's not going to have mozzarella cheese. It might just have veggies on the top or maybe some arugula. So that's what we did. Oh, that sounds good for tonight. Yeah, right. Yeah. Let's do that. Oh, <laughs> it, it, it's fabulous. But so we actually made a yeast dough, a pizza dough with yeast on Zoom. With their parents with and everything. With parents helping. How long and did you have to let it rise? Not long? Yeah, it was. it's just a quick rise. We yeah. used the quick ri- yeah. rise yeast. But and you don't want much rise to me in pizza. No. Mm-hmm. And we made a homemade sauce to put on top of it. We put our veggies on top of it and arugula. And they ate it. And they ate it. And I remember, so like you said, you know, the impression on the parents, one of the moms screaming with delight. She (laughs) could not believe how beautifully it turned out and how absolutely delicious it was. And their child ate arugula. Yeah, right. Their child ate arugula. So good. You know, all of these like little positive uh, things that have happened are just exactly what I was hoping for. And you need them to keep you going. If you yeah. don't get the positive reinforcement, and you're like, why am I working so hard to do something if nobody wants it and nobody appreciates it? Yeah. That's I mean, wonderful. I've had people say to me, your recipes are not kid-friendly. <laughs> and, you know, and, I, and, I, and I take that, and I realize in that moment that it's not worth me explaining to this person what I'm all about because they don't get it or understand. Mm-hmm. You know, because I'm not here I, I'm to let not them eat what they eat already. You're here to ex- you're here to expand their knowledge on food, exactly. not to keep, and, not and just here's a kid friendly food. It's full of yeah. cheese and. I was gonna say not to feed the mac and cheese. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I love that. You know, I love being able to allow them to taste something new mm-hmm. and to get really excited about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I've got a full classroom and they're sitting at the at a table with four other kids, you know, and I've got a skeptical one that's like. You know, never had arugula before. I don't think I want to taste that. It's too green for me. But you've got these other kids around the table that are like, oh, my gosh, this is the best thing I've ever eaten. Competitive eating. I absolutely eating. love this. It's like a positive peer pressure, if you will. Yeah. This child that's mm-hmm. skeptical is going to go, hmm, well, maybe I should take a bite, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're awesome. going to have to label it competitive eating. Yeah, right. And the other thing that I love and that I realize, you know, um, you know, really as a, as a public health practitioner and, you know, and knowing what I know to how to influence the nuclear family and the community, mm-hmm. you, you know, sometimes the, the biggest avenue is to, is to use, use children in that way, in a positive way, um, because I know, and this happens all the time, after a child tastes something they absolutely love, they get in the car when the parent picks them up and they say, oh, my gosh, we've got to go to the grocery store, Mom. We've got to buy what I just had. Arugula. And that, and that, <laughs> right? Can you imagine if your third grader got in the car and was like, I want to eat arugula. That like, happens what? all the time. So we I did, we did a, a simple grilled pineapple. We grilled it because I'm all about the wow factor. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, just a simple pineapple dish mm-hmm. on a kebab. No, we don't do fruit on a kebab. Um, but we grill. We would grill the kebab. But anyway, we grill fruit, and then they got to mix the yogurt and honey and a little bit of my cinnamon over the top, this Vietnamese cinnamon that's absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And then over the top of that, I let them cut and chiffonade. What does that mean? Their little knives. It's like like little ribbons. Oh, okay. You know? Little ribbons. Yeah. Chiffonade, all right. Chiffonade. New word. And they got to put that over the top. Because they've got plastic knives. They've all got these plastic yes, knives. Thank, thank you. gosh for my plastic knives. I know, I know. So who's doing all your videography now? You post it on Facebook, I think, every week, right? Yeah. Um, so I've been a regular on the Vine for three years. They actually stuck with me during the pandemic because I had just um, meet them out outside. You're very comfortable on TV. Oh, really? 
Yes, you are. Okay. You're so comfortable you forget to put your lipstick on. I'm like, Denise, put your lipstick on. <laughs> she just shows this up. This is my mother. This is, you are me. This is, is my mother. <laughs> that is so intentional, though, uh, Carrie. Is it? It is. So you're not yeah. intimidating? So you look like mom in the kitchen and I'm not the movie star? Or what is it? What is it? Why is that intentional? Because I feel like there's there's just too much of that. You have Uh-oh. to look a certain way. You have to... You're exactly right. You have to be a certain way. I actually thought that. I thought she is doing this intentionally because it's about the food and not about you. Yes. And it's about the education. I love your tagline at the end of all of your segments on TV. What is your tagline? Make today delicious. Is that not good? Oh, that's great. Good. <laughs> that's great. What is your next goal? Well, I mean, right now I would like to have full classes. I would like to have wait lists. How, what is, how big classes. is a full class? Um, I can uh, comfortably manage with my assistant because I have a, a chef assistant who's a, a certified chef from Pulaski Tech. Um, Fifteen. Are there other businesses like yours around the country? I know there's not any in, Ar- in Little Rock, but are there yeah. any, any other places? I'm sure, yeah. You don't really it, know? No, because guess what? What? I, I have this sort of jealous streak. <laughs> <laughs> and so <laughs> I want to know things that are maybe service-oriented but not uh, directly are in line with what I'm doing because I might get jealous and I might get mad. And all of those things in between, so I I uh, preserve myself. How's that? Mm-hmm. You don't want to. You'll I start. My, comp- you'll start comparing yourself to what they're doing and think you should be doing more and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I keep my head down, and I have uh, my assistant do that for me. <laughs> oh, you do. Oh, perfect. Yes. So my <laughs> so, so my social media gal. Uh huh. I'm like, can you please do this for me because my heart can't handle it. Mm-hmm. My heart just yeah. cannot handle it. How interesting, my heart. Is that terrible? No, is not that a at all. Bad thing? What does your husband think? The man who doesn't, the Sphinx. No, no, <laughs> Snuffleupagus. What does he think about this? He loves it. I mean, oh, that's nice. He is. He, he's so on board with. Because he, he's. I think that he's known that I've always. I've sort of been destined to do this. Interesting. And any way that he can support me, he will. I love that. All right. This is a great place to take a break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Miss Denise Albert, founder and instructor of Cooking in Bloom, a school that educates students from pre-K through 12 on how to cook. This is the time of year when our favorite colors are everybody's favorite colors, red, white, and blue. Make sure your 4th of July decorations are the talk of the town. Break out your patriotic flags and hang your July 4th banners high to honor the founding of the land of the free and the home of the brave. What do you mean you don't have any patriotic flags or July 4th banners? Well, no problem. We do at flagandbanner.com, and you can save money now, too, with our special discount that's on for the 4th of July. And since the 4th has become one of the largest party days in America, you can really get your party rocking with the very best red, white, and blue patriotic decorations and 4th of July flags that you'll find anywhere. Frame your home, frame your business. Our bunting is beautiful. And American-made American flags celebrate the holiday with pride. Please go to flagandbanner.com and use the code DYB20 and you'll get 20% off your order of red, white, and blue flags, bunting, pennants, and even more. Happy Fourth of July coming up from flagandbanner.com. You're listening to Up in Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy, and I'm speaking today with Miss Denise Albert, founder and teacher of Cooking in Bloom, a hands-on school that teaches your our youths how to cook and the importance of eating right. You can tell, like I was just saying, that you are curious and intrigued by cooking, but you also are more inspired by the teaching element mm-hmm. of your ch- of children. Mm-hmm. So Let's talk about some of your recipes that you say you have. What what kind of taste did you say you had? Sophisticated. Sophisticated. <laughs> she has sophisticated taste, so we're going to talk would about Would you like to know what my favorite food is? Yes. Pizza. Raw oysters. Oh, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're oyster fans around here. So We digress. Well, that's okay. So we were talking about recipes, and all of the recipes that I have um, written for Cooking in Bloom have at least three or four food groups Mm. okay so what i'm doing with the kids is i'm layering food groups obviously we talk about food groups and i you know make sure that they know them ahead of time but in that event i can let the food do the talking you know so like for instance um we do uh tosada 
where we have, and usually I use a whole grain tortilla of some sort. So I don't get the flour tortillas. I'll get the corn tortillas, mm-hmm. right, which are right. whole grain. Mm-hmm. So, and gluten-free. Yep. Yeah. So guess what? I can talk about whole grain with oh, yeah. the tortillas, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so for more of the, you know, interaction, the kids get to chop and dice and do all these things with the veggies that they get to put on the tostada. And we use black beans as the protein, protein. right? So we can talk about different kinds of protein, animal protein, plant protein, whatever that is. I can teach the kids about high-quality protein. And on today's recipe, we have black beans, mm-hmm. right? Which is a complementary protein with the tortilla. Oh, sure. And they get to yeah. they get to mash the black beans. I have them mash them because again, as as much as you can get a child involved in the process, if you have a child that is not willing or wanting to taste, you know, and they're thinking to themselves, black beans. I've never had black beans before. Black beans are terrible. I've had them before and I hated them. Mm-hmm. But now they're mashing them. And they're seeing them, and they're kind of smelling them. And now we're adding a little bit of spices to the black beans. And now we're mixing them. And everybody's spreading the black beans on the tortilla now. See where I'm going? Uh You're painting. The food does the talking. Mm -hmm. Right. It really does. She's so smart. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, and and again, you know, I'm not dumbing down any of these recipes. No, you're not. I feel like kids can handle these kinds of foods. I think you, the way you do it, I think they can. And the way that you're so good at presenting and, and, and as you said, unintimidating and making it about the food and making it educational, where do you get your inspiration for your stuff? Travels. Sometimes I'll get, you know, great inspiration. Um, sometimes stuff just comes to me like, oh, these, you know, this would be nice together. Yeah. So, so see, and all this to really um, push the palates of the kids that I serve with Cooking in Bloom. You know, I'm, um, those kind of things are adult flavors, and, and, and I know that. But I feel like um, kids can enjoy it just as much. And the testimony that I get from parents is that, wow, my child was so picky before she took your class, and now she's really willing to try anything. That's wonderful. wonderful. And I feel like... You know, one of my goals has been answered. Mm-hmm. How do you, know, you address really food allergies? Yeah, I yeah. take them very seriously, very, very seriously. And, um, and I'm glad that I have the knowledge to take them seriously. So if I do have a child in a class that has, well, first off, none of my recipes have uh, peanuts or any type of peanut butter ever. Mm-hmm. Um, if my, I do have a recipe where um, it's a sauce, it's like a peanut sauce with mm-hmm. noodles, like a... Um, pad thai. Yeah, mm-hmm. kind of like pad thai. I'll use the sun butter, which is oh, made yeah, okay. from sunflower seeds. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's only one recipe out of the hundreds of recipes that I have. Um, but milk and dairy allergies, I take very seriously. I always buy the alternative um, because, thankfully, now there are alternatives mm-hmm. to all of that. <laughs> so do you have a 4th of July menu suggestion? Fourth of July. It's coming up. It what is. should we cook for Fourth of July when all the family's coming over? We love to grill. Um, you know, grilled fruit is one of those that's absolutely lovely around the Fourth of July mm-hmm. with a little uh, drizzle of, of honeyed yogurt over the top. Um, and what I like to do with my spices, because I do have um, spices that I had specially curated for the kids. They get to take it home. But I've got this um, Vietnamese cinnamon that is just top-notch and out of this world. But over that grilled fruit with a um, yogurt, honey, little pinch of cinnamon, and it is just divine. But, but what I love about some of these spices, especially cinnamon, I mean, I would open that for you so you could see. But if you pinch just a little bit of it, it aerates into the air, mm-hmm. you know. And then, you know, your employees over here will mm-hmm. probably start smelling it. Really? Yeah, because it's it's so powerful and it gets, you know, pushed through the air. So that's another thing that I'm very intentional with with the kids with these spices. Mm-hmm. They get to pinch and they get to smell. You, they can taste these if they want. But love- you know what? Now it's 
in the air and it and it's making um, the room smell so good. You love time. I noticed you use time a lot, and you brought me some time that you've had specially. What did you call it? I curated. Did. Let me see it. Yeah. Well, this is my Herbs Day Provence. What's that? Um, well, it's a French. It's a spice that you can use on anything, meats to vegetables uh, to your salads. You know, whatever. Really? Yeah. What's the other one? All of these. Um, there's my cinnamon. No, there's... Oh, I get some Vietnamese cinnamon. I'm yes, thrilled. Oh, I love it. Um, and this can, lemon thyme. You can thyme. put that in your coffee, too, if you like. Oh, And I then will. this lemon thyme is one that I had um, oh. made for cooking in blue. You use a lot of lemon thyme. I do. And I, I love I, it. I, I would use thyme last night and the lemon zest. Mm-hmm. I was just all about everything she said on there. I was did, you, did you see the, um, the video that I did for the fall dish with the onions, apples, and thyme? No, but I love onions, onions and apples sautéed. It's one of my so favorites. Good. It's just it's just like caramelized onions, mm-hmm. um, sauté your apples, mm-hmm. and then add some fresh thyme. I'm in it. I'm in. It's just yeah, amazing. Sounds great. Mm-hmm. Skillet apples are well, so and good. also you know just caramelizing onions. I tell the kids that that's such a memory maker. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, my mom's Italian, and everything was from scratch. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'd come home and she'd be cooking. Uh, spaghetti sauce all day on the stove those are the kind of things that make memories right you walk in and you smell onions and garlic and you know all sorts of things so i tell the kids i'm like wow you know onions and 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 garlic are such memory makers they really are all right this is our last break we've been speaking with miss denise albert founder and instructor of cooking in bloom a school that educates students from pre-k through 12 12th grade on how to cook and make healthy lifestyle choices that will impact them forever we'll be right back to recap and give contact information as they say in the business we will reset the table for our listeners all uiyb past and present interviews are available at up in your business with carrie mccoy's youtube channel facebook page the arkansas democrat gazette's digital version flagandbanner.com's website or wherever you listen to podcasts just ask your smart speaker to play up in your business with carrie mccoy And by subscribing to our YouTube channel or flagandbanner.com's email list, you will receive prior notification of that day's guest. You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy, and I'm speaking today with Miss Denise Albert, instructor and founder of Cooking in Bloom, a hands-on school that teaches our youths how to cook and the importance of eating right. If you're just tuning in, we're at the end. I'm going to give you all the... um, I'm going to give you all the contact information from Denise looking back at the startup of your small business. What has been unexpected or is there anything you would have done differently? I think what's been unexpected is all of these contacts that I've made, you know, with the schools here in Little Rock and and others. You know, I would say less than 50% has been... uh, you know, an, an advocate of what I'm doing, I guess. So that was a little bit surprising mm-hmm. um, because I just thought, oh, I have this great idea and everybody needs it. And I'll just plug in to the library and I'll just plug in all these places. Yeah. Nope, you, didn't work out that way. Pretty soon you'll have your assistant that'll do, or your office manager. That'll, that's, that's the first job to give away. Just FYI for all those new entrepreneurs. Uh, all the administrative work. Yes, mm-hmm. and everybody always wants to hold on to it. And, and, and I always say, that's the first. And they're like, they can't do that. And I'm like, oh, yes, they can. That's the, you're the, you are the personality of the business. You need to give away the desk job stuff first. Yeah, and Sam, I'm kind of looking forward to doing that. You know, as Go long ahead. as you can um, find people that you trust and, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, that would work, work on your behalf. And be as passionate about what you're doing as you are. You know, I think sometimes um, that... That's a big hurdle to find somebody that is just as passionate. Well, for teachers, you definitely need them to be passionate. I love this quote of yours. You said, studies show that the more senses are involved in learning, the more information is retained. That is my goal. If I can get them to remember just one thing they learned about nutrition and taking care of their bodies and our environment, I've done a good job. Yeah. Remind us again how to sign up for classes and learn more about Cooking in Bloom, a hands-on cooking experience for children, pre-K to 12th grade. Remind us again how to sign up. Yes, um, cookinginbloom.com. It's all on my website. Um, there's a pick list, or they can just click on the button. And you've got they a Facebook page yep. that you post to. You have a social media person that helps you post to that a lot. Yes. So you can see lots and lots of videos. You're very comfortable in front of the camera. And then do you have a YouTube channel? Well, I have a, a bit on YouTube, but not a lot. Should I? I don't. 
<laughs> you know, there is so much to do in the 21st century when it comes to small businesses and yeah. getting your word out there. It yeah. is tough. It's overwhelming. It's very mm-hmm. overwhelming. I'm glad you have somebody helping you with it. Well, you probably have to store your videos somewhere. Yeah. So you might as well st- st- uh, you might as well store them on your YouTube channel. So, do you have a Cooking in Bloom YouTube channel? Yeah, it would just be cooking in bloom. Mm-hmm. So yes, and I've, I've only got a few, like Ev- some of my really early stuff on there. There's no reason you shouldn't be storing okay, all it. of your videos there. I will. You're posting them to Facebook. Mm-hmm. You just need to go ahead and post them to your YouTube channel, and you can group them um, also <laughs> on your YouTube channel. You know what I'm thinking in my head right now? What <laughs> about my videos? Is what you said about like not having my lipstick on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I know. But that's okay. Because that you know, that's goal. why I don't, that is my goal. It is very intentional. You know, they make a really pale lipstick you could wear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, leave it to me. Uh, all right, there. Here is your gift today. It is a Iowa flag. A Missouri flag. Oh, gosh, thank you. An Arkansas flag. Oh, that's so kind. And a U.S. flag for all the places you've lived and learned. Oh, I didn't realize you'd you. been in Canada or you'd have a Canada <laughs> flag also where your children are born. I'll have to get you one and well, send it yeah, over just, to you. Just one child. Grace was born there. So, so Denise, give us your every show sign-off. I hope you make today delicious. Perfect. Thank you. In closing to our listeners, thank you for spending time with us. We hope you've heard or learned something that's been inspiring or enlightening, and that it, whatever it is, will help you, up your business, your independence, or your life. I'm Carrie McCoy, and I'll see you next time on Up In Your Business. Until then, be brave and keep it up. You've been listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. For links to resources you heard discussed on today's show, go to flagandbanner.com, select radio, and choose today's guests. If you'd like to sponsor this show or any show, email me, Gray, at G-R-A-Y at flagandbanner.com. All interviews are recorded and posted the following week. Stay informed of exciting, upcoming guests by subscribing to our YouTube channel or podcast wherever you like to listen. Carrie's goal is simple, to help you live the American dream. 